Hello guys and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. It's great to be talking to you today, my trading posse, my trading crew. Um, it's a really exciting time of year if, you, if you're listening to this uh, in the future. Uh, it's currently coming towards the end of the football season. Um, but obviously this year being 2021, we've got the Euros coming up. Really looking forward to trading that. Um, I'm not a big trader of international football, but I do make an exception for international tournaments, um, namely because there's so many games going on and the motivations are quite clear for teams. And you don't get as many trading mismatches as you do in general international rounds. Um, so the competition, especially in the Euros, um, especially when they get to like the last 16 onwards, the competition, you know, it's very, in some ways, it's a, it's a, it's a very level playing field in some respects. A lot of teams can win it. And we have seen some real shock winners, haven't we? I mean, I remember seeing Greece win it. I was a bit too young when Denmark won it. Um, but that doesn't really tend to happen, does it, in the World Cup? However, it does seem to happen, you know, sometimes in the Euros. Um, and there's some great looking teams this year. It's quite exciting as well, I think, that it's all going to be in different cities. Uh, and especially with a lot of it being in England, because obviously we haven't had any major tournament football in England for a long, long time now. Um, so yeah, that's going to be really exciting for me. I'm getting quite excited about it now. It's funny because I don't get overly excited until a couple of months before. I think what sets me off, uh, and if you're a child of the 90s or even before that, I guess, and probably even more popular before that, you'll know what I mean. But the when the Panini sticker albums come out, that's when I really start to get excited about the tournaments, and I always think, "Oh no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna collect for it this time. It's a waste of money." Um, and it always sucks me right in, um, especially with having young boys now. Uh, I quite enjoy just doing it with them, and it, it's quite fun uh, to try and get them into football and get them into supporting England in this next major tournament. Um, but yeah, it's a it's quite an exciting summer ahead because we've still got obviously the summer football leagues, uh, Japan, South America, Asia on the whole. To be fair, um, and some of Scandinavia. Although I don't know what will happen with the Scandinavian leagues during the Euros, whether they'll carry on. I can't remember because um, the last time the Euros was on was so long ago now. It's like Euro twenty sixteen, right? So. That's five years, which is much more of a gap than we normally get. I mean, four years is long enough, right? But five years just feels very long. Um, but the good news is we've then got a World Cup next summer. So it's actually going to be, it's going to be pure football, isn't it, really? Up, up until, um, wow, the end of well, 2023 will be the next time there isn't either a Euros or a World Cup in the summer. And obviously we've got all the league football during the winter, spring and autumn months. So yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time ahead. Um, and what I want to talk a bit about today, talking about the amount of football that there is on, what I want to talk about is how we can select the right trades. Um, so what you'll find as a trader and the more trading you do and the better you get at trading, what you'll find is that there'll be some days, namely weekends, especially during league, when the big leagues are all on, when you have just got so many selections on a weekend, right? Either whether you're doing one, two, three, however many strategies you'll follow, 
on a weekend sometimes you will find you get a massive list of games and you know okay you might be able to trade those games if you're really really good um but the reality is most of us will have to sometimes try and shorten that list a bit try and work out okay what are the games i should be trading from this list i can't trade them all i haven't got the time to do that you know and one of the things we hear a lot is that people don't have a ton of time to trade so it's really important isn't it to gain this skill to work out right which games should I be trading today? Which games can I just let go by the wayside and I won't lose out too much by doing it? Um, because what you don't want to do in this situation, let's say you get 20 selections given to you on Saturday from your systems. What you don't want to do is go, oh, I want to trade five of them. So that means I'm getting rid of 15. But annoyingly, you choose the worst five games to trade, right? Um, uh, so you've had to get rid of so many of them, even if it's 10, let's say it's 10, you're trading 10 games that day, you have to get rid of 10 because you've got 20 given to you, right? You've lost 50% of your trades, so you want to make sure that the 50% you do choose are the strongest ones, or at least mostly, you know, it's not an exact science, we can't, we can't fully um, guess what's going to happen in each game to the extent that we know we can pick the best 10. But we can give ourselves a really good chance of creating a, a style of trading, a strategy, a system where we can eliminate games that probably aren't that great to trade or they might still be good trading games, but we want to eliminate the good trading games and keep the great trading games, right? And I think psychologically that can be quite difficult for people to do because obviously when you're trading, you kind of just want to trade everything and, and, and try and fit it all in as much as you can. Now, the problem with that is that, you know, if you do get too many matches to trade, if a lot of them are overlapping in, in time, for example, so you're having to keep track of five or six games during one window, uh, you know, when they're all playing at the same time, that stuff is very difficult too impossible i don't try and do that myself because the reality is when you're trading you need to have some degree of concentration right unless you've set up a bot and you just let that run your trades for you and you're like alan who is just amazing with that stuff um but if you're a mere mortal like myself what you'll find is that you do need to concentrate somewhat on a game when you're trading, especially once you've entered an, you know, entered the trade and you're looking for that exit point or wondering how long to stay in the trade. So I think it goes without saying, right? It goes without saying you want to be able to pick the best trades from a short list you're given on a day when you're given too many trades to trade. So really the important question you're probably thinking, Martin, all I really want to know is how do I do it, right? What you're saying is pretty obvious, right? But how do I pick the better trades out of the bunch? So I'm going to explain that now. The first thing I'll say, and I mentioned it a little bit before, is that you're never going to get it exactly right, yeah? It's not an exact science, this, okay? You could pick on paper the best games to trade, and it could just be an off day. The teams could just play totally unexpectedly. Um, you might just get games. Let's say you're going for goals. You might just get games where two teams who score goals uh, at will suddenly decide they don't know how to score a goal. They just can't find the target no matter what. 
Um, and that does happen. You know, it's important to remember with trading that variance is a nature, is part of its nature. Okay, so you have bad days, no matter how good you are. And I've mentioned this a few times. I always keep mentioning it. I'm sorry. I'm not actually I'm not sorry. I don't apologize for this at all, because I've seen some right scam artists out there try and claim they don't ever have losing days or they don't ever have bad runs. And I'm sorry. That's just BS. Right. Every good trader out there has bad runs, has losing days. Anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar, a fraud and a cheat. And anyone who talks like that and doesn't talk as openly and honestly as you know we do here and we make a real point of doing it at Betfair Trading Community, if they don't talk like that, honestly, bin them off because they're just trying to sell you snake oil, right? I, I mean, I just cannot believe it when I see people, you know, people claim that there's some great trader, but they don't have losing days, Right. It's just total, total nonsense. And hopefully most of you out there can see that. It's pretty obvious, right? But unfortunately, you know, some people don't necessarily see that. So it's really important to remember, you might have a bad day, even if you make the right selections. Okay, that does happen. The most important thing is to make sure we're having good days most of the time. And talking about kind of selecting your trades, one way I remember a, a, a pro trader, one of my one of my good friends, Lewis, um, who fantastic trader. His dad was a pro trader, a bit like me. His dad was a pro trader, and then he got into it. Um, so kind of similar background, and he lived in Norwich, where I lived. I went to school with him and grew up with him. Absolutely great guy. One of the things he said to me was. I try and have in a seven day span, or let's say you work every day that week, but let's just say over a seven day span. So if you take a day off, maybe over eight days, because then you've worked seven of the eight or whatever. Anyway, over seven days of trading, he wants to win on five of them on average. Because he knows if he can make money on five out of seven days, he's almost certain to make a profit in the long term. Because of the way he trades, because of his style of trading, when he has a winning day, it's usually, you know, the profit he makes is usually similar to the loss he'll make on a losing day. So let's say you make £10 on a winning day, £10 on a losing day, right? If we win five out of the seven, the five days we win is £50 profit, and the two days we lose in those seven, a £20 loss. You've made £30, Okay. That is the, that is kind of the general theory of this of this idea. And why it's so clever is it does allow for bad days, because I think what happens is a lot of traders, especially newer traders, but not always, sometimes experienced traders who should know better. They don't allow themselves any losing days. They don't allow themselves the reality of variance. And the problem is a losing day is not a bad thing because if you're winning five out of seven, a losing day is fine. You'll recover it. You know that. You just follow your process. You keep going. What you don't do is chase your money. What you don't do is go, no, I'm £10 down today. I cannot lose today. No matter what, I'm going to keep betting until I win. That just doesn't work, right? As soon as you move away from your plan, as soon as you start trading or betting, because a lot of the time it ends up being betting because what people do is they'll just shove a load of money, sometimes their whole bankroll 
on one outcome and just pretty much leave it and just see what happens. It's a scary thought, right? And, and hopefully a lot of you out there are going, wow, that's crazy. But there's probably people out there going, wow, that's crazy. Who've done that, right? Now, I'm not calling anyone out because I understand how easy it is to make mistakes like those. Probably mistakes I made in my early days. I certainly made every mistake on the book. Uh, in the book. I didn't have something like Betfair Trading Community to help train me. I didn't have guys like myself to talk to me about pro trading on this kind of level. Um, it's funny because my dad was a pro trader, but he didn't really talk to me that much about it because it was just something he got on with. I was still very young when he started trading. I mean, he started when Betfair started, so you're probably going back 20 years now, and I would have only been 13, 14. So, um, a lot of the way I learned was by trial and error, doing it myself. A lot of it I did. I, my dad didn't even know about, you know. I was trading on Betfair when I was 16. I don't think my dad would have approved of that. But back in those days, you could get away with it as long as you had a debit card. They pretty much accepted them as if they were credit cards. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, what you have to remember is that the moment you start betting for the sake of having a profitable day and not because it's part of your plan, not because it's part of your strategy, not because it's one of your selections. That's the moment you're out of control and you have to stop doing that. All right. So this is the important thing about selecting trades. There will be days where you do have bad days, even if you make the right selections. OK, that's the nature of the beast. But the reality is we're investing our money in something for the long term we're not doing it for one day you know i remember the first time i invested in stocks i had a friend um who was really big on um platinum you know the precious metal platinum and he told me some platinum uh, companies mining companies and he said these companies the money will go up because platinum's not been below gold for very long it always bounces back above eventually and this was quite a few years ago. I haven't I haven't followed the markets at all since then, so I have no idea whether that's rung true in the last few years or not. But up until, say, 2016, 2017, that was definitely the case. Um, so I thought, well, I've got I've got a fair bit of money spare now. You know, I'm doing well out of my Betfair trading. So I'll put I'll start investing it. I think on one weekend, I put about five grand down on these uh, platinum companies. I flicked on my computer about a week later and I was £500 down, <laughs> right? So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, that's 10% gone. And this is something that I'm supposed to be investing in for my future, for the long term, you know. I couldn't hack it. And I didn't know the game and that put me off. And I, I, in the end, I took my money out. Now, the thing is, of course, I probably took it out at the wrong time. I should have probably let it run. I probably should have at least got it back up to level. But I realised I wasn't really ready for that. That wasn't something I should have been investing in. And because I got my feet wet with too much money at the wrong time, um, and I didn't have the sense to just keep letting it run. I didn't have the balls, if you like. You know, I didn't have the balls to keep letting it run. Um, because I didn't actually want to lose any of that money that I'd put in there. You know, it was it wasn't really spare money. It was savings that I had that were important to me for the future. So I couldn't really bear the thought of some of these companies going under and things like that. And I got out of there. And, and actually, even though I probably would have done better staying in, um, 
I made the right decision to get out because I didn't know what I was doing, right? And and had it lost more money, I I would have lost more money. I would have got stressed. I probably would have pulled it out at even more of a loss at some point had it kept going down. And also the advice I was following, I didn't really understand. I didn't really have any knowledge on. Um, so again, this is why we, we encourage you at Betfair Trading Community so much to come up with strategies, to work with our strategies, you know, come up with your own as well. Know what you're trading, understand why you're trading it. So it's so important to understand that, yes, if we're in it for the long term, a losing day is not necessarily a bad thing. It feels bad. Right. And I think the biggest problem often is the emotional side, that it, it feels bad. You know, most sane people don't like losing money. What you have to do, and it is difficult, and some people just flat out won't be able to do it, but you have to think about the bigger picture. You have to think about the longer term. You know, it. it I was going to say it makes me laugh, but it actually kind of makes me sad when, when traders join Betfair Trading Community um, and I tell them, look, don't don't use your money to start with, or if you do, literally pennies, and just learn the game. Learn to trade, learn with us, talk with us. And then you get someone and they've traded for a month and they've gone, oh, I've just about broken even. Um, and I'm thinking, well, that bloody hell, that is a good start for a trader, right? Your first month of trade. And they go, yeah, I'm just going to pack it in. I've I've not made any money. And it's like, but you've got to understand, you're, you're new to a profession here, right? And I always think, you know, if you're in any profession and you gave it a month and you kind of evened out in that month of training and you were learning a profession, if you gave up after a month, it would be insane, right? Imagine you, you've got your heart set on something. This is what you really want. You give it a month. I mean, there's not a train, there's not a decent, <laughs> decent training course in the world for any kind of higher education, etc. that says, just do a month. If you haven't aced it in a month, don't bother. Right. The reality is most most education courses, most career training courses take at least a year or often two, three, you know, maybe more. Um, you know, I was at university for. Well, actually, technically, I spent six years at university, but five years doing degrees and then one year for a master's. So that's that's six years I was at university to learn about a career, which I never actually, <laughs> which I never actually went into. Um, but the, the amazing thing is that people will give it a month or two and then give up. And it's like, but you have no idea if you'd be a good trader or not. I I did when I traded for two months, I didn't know whether I'd be a pro or not. Right? And maybe maybe the reason maybe the fact they're leaving kind of shows their heart isn't in it. Maybe that's the issue, right? But still, I didn't know after two months. So I'm always amazed when people go after a month, oh I d I don't know, I didn't make any money, so I'm packing it in. It's like, are you crazy? You need to learn the game and when you do, you can really make some money out of this. You know, there's a reason that guys like myself, Ryan and Adam, are making a living and have done for years. And I've not had to sweat it. I've not had to sweat it to make the living. Um, and look at the other pro traders. If you follow any other pro traders or you follow other pro traders on the forum, you'll know that, again, those people, they've been pro traders for years. They've been around for years and they haven't had to sweat it. But they've had bad runs. You know, they've had bad days, 
every trader has bad days. So even if you make the right selections, you could still have a bad day. But more importantly, how do you make the right selections? So let's say I've got my list of 20 matches. Now, with me, because I do a few different strategies, what I'll often get, and they're, they're kind of similar because I'm always often looking for goals. I like going for goals in football. I find it difficult going for unders. I don't know if I have the patience for it. I don't know if I really want to watch a match hoping there's no goal. I think that's part of the problem. But anyway, I think you're always just so in fear as well when you're trading unders, you know, when that market suspends or when it looks like the ball might be going in. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's that fear. You don't really get that so much with the overs. Yeah, you, you get a little bit worried towards the end of a match if the goal hasn't gone in that you're after. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm usually going for overs. And so a lot of my strategies kind of overlap. And what I'll find on the weekend is that some of them get the same selection. So let's say Manchester United are playing Man City. This game might come up on three or four of my strategies, on three or four of my filters on the Betfair trading community software. So that's an indication for me that if a game comes up multiple times, okay, that might be a strong game, right? So that's the first step. That's the first thing I say to you. If you if you do have a few strategies going and you see that, yeah, you've got a lot of selections, but you see certain games where, oh, this game was in two of my strategies or three of my strategies that I've set up, it's qualified for. This is going to be a strong game. That's a really easy way. And then you can eliminate all the ones that don't overlap and you can go, okay, now I've got about three or four, four or five games I need to trade today instead of 20. I've made my list manageable and I've picked strong selections because if they overlap, they're strong for a reason. The second important thing I'm going to say on this is that look at the odds. Okay. Now, if a selection looks good to you, it's qualified, etc., and then you see the odds and the odds look great value, right? So let's say the Man City Man United game, I'm look I'm trading over 2.5 goals and I notice that the odds are above 1.8. And I'm thinking, wow, that's good odds. Yeah? Or they're above 2.0. Whatever you consider to be good odds on your strategy, that's another way of narrowing your selections. So think about it this way. Say I've got the Man U Man City game, then Liverpool playing Everton. I don't know why I'm just picking local derbies, but I am. <laughs> Liverpool playing Everton, right? But the over 2.5 goals odds are 1.4. Well, I know which match I'm going to be trading for over 2.5 goals. And it's not the 1.4 odds, right? Because I'd much rather get in at the better value odds. The game still qualifies as a selection on my criteria. Um, and I'm getting much better value. You know, I sometimes don't think enough people look at the odds and go, these odds work. This selection is better because the odds are higher, but it still qualifies as a selection. Um, you know, you might just have found a match where the odds are value and you can go, OK, I'm going to take this selection because I believe these odds are value. I think the market is wrong. And therefore, if I'm right, if my strategy is profitable and it's proven over time, I can beat the market. I can have an edge on the market here because I know that these odds are too high. So that's another way to do it. You know, if you if you don't have any overlapping games and you literally just want to try and find the value, find out which five games have the highest odds for the market you're looking for and go, right, that's the market I'm going to get in on. OK, 
it's very simple it's very simple um and it doesn't take that long but that's another really good way just to go okay how do i narrow my selections down i'll tell you what i'm going to go for the ones with the best odds um and that's like i say that's so easy to do and you know you you do get quite a wide variety of odds in trading um so it's really important to look at odds uh and it's really important to have an, a minimum odds limit where you go i'm not going to get involved you know if over 2.5 goals is 1.4 I'm not backing it, right? I, I kind of have a rule of thumb in general that if odds are below 1.5, unless the strategy shows really clearly that it's worth getting in at those odds, I'm always hesitant because I just feel like once you get below 1.5, you need such a high strike rate, you know, even if you're just letting it run, a set and forget bet. The strike rate you need needs to be over 67%. Now, it's going to be way over if you're going below 1.5, right? So if you're going down to 1.33 and you suddenly need 75% of your trades to win. It's actually a ridiculously high number that you need. Um, so, yeah, odds are really important. I, I think value and odds are something that you should always be thinking. Always have it in the back of your mind in trading. You know, some of my filters, I use odds filters on the filters, um, and you know, I like to know that odds are a certain level before I get involved in a trade because, you know, you've got to think as well, if you're trading, you want to give the market a chance to move a long way in your favor. If the odds start at 1.4 and there's a goal after say 30 minutes, well, how far in can the odds really go? You might grab a few ticks. But let's say you're in the same market and the odds started at 2.0. It's going to come in more. Um, and, you know, it's very likely you might even hit like 1.5. something. And you've already hit 50 ticks, which is more ticks than going from 1.4 to winning a trade, which is only 40 ticks. So you have to think about that. You have to think about give yourself a chance to actually make a decent trade if you're swing trading. Because the reality is, the higher the odds, the more likely the price will come in um, if there is an early goal. You know, that's just the truth. So, you know, watch the markets. If you don't believe me, watch it because I've watched the markets so often to see this happen. And like I say, if you're getting in below 1.5 on a market like that, um, you've not really got far to go. And the market isn't going to go to 1.01 unless it's pretty much done and dusted. So you've not got as much space to work with. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but Martin, if it's 1.4, it must mean that the teams are guaranteed to go. over. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Yes, statistically, you would expect a 1.4 shot to win more often than a 2.0 shot. But the reality is the reason we create these strategies, systems and filters is that we're trying to find the anomalies. We're trying to find the games that the market's got wrong. We're trying to find the value where we go, that's a value price and the market doesn't realise it. Because the, do you know what? The market is wrong in every match. In every match played of football, the market will be wrong in a certain category. Right? Because the market does not actually know what is going to happen. It's done its best to guess 
and it's looked at data models, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And one of the biggest movers actually is the money that is placed on said market by punters, by bookmakers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So actually, prices often aren't as determined by statistics and things like that as we think. Often a, a big factor. And we know this because we see odds get cut all the time when, when someone comes in and lumps 50 grand on something. It doesn't necessarily mean they have any information. But the market feels pressure to bring the price in because it's going, oh, well, people expect this. Maybe we've missed something here. Okay. So the higher odds you get, the more chance you've got of the price moving in further if a goal is scored. Um now, it's important with this, again, because I'm talking about value, it's important to go back when you do, let's say you use that strategy of looking at the highest prices and then getting in on those ones. Make sure you have another look at those games before you trade them. Go back, have a manual look because you've narrowed your list down so much that you've got time now to have a quick look at each game and just double check and go, OK, is there a reason these odds are so high? Is there something I've missed or that or that maybe we don't know about that I can go and check now? And then go and check. Have a look at the likely team news. Have a look if there's been a manager change. All those kind of things that can have a big effect on it. Now, if you find that, no, there's no real reason I can see that this has happened, then you've probably, there's a good chance you found a value price. If your strategy makes money in the long run, the reality is that price is probably value because you've got a good strategy there. So it's really important to remember this stuff. Um, and like I say, go back and check on it. Go and check the games. If you've got time, go and check the game, all the games. In. Let's say you get those 20 selections. If you Even if you gave every game three minutes of research... We should, okay, it doesn't sound a lot, but to be honest, you can click onto the stats software and look through all the stats about the game in three minutes. Very easily. Probably a minute, to be honest, maybe two. If you do those 20 selections in three minutes, that's an hour. So what you've done is given yourself an hour of research and you've managed to narrow your list potentially to a number that's manageable for you. So it's really, really important to do these things. You know, I, I think so many people just get overwhelmed when there's too many selections. Oh, what do I trade? Which which, which um, trade do I make? Look for ones that come up on multiple systems. Or if let's say you've only got one system, right? So you're like mine, I can't because I've only got one system. OK, we'll look at the odds. And then double check those games, like I've mentioned. That's another way of doing it. Doesn't matter how many systems you've got. Here's a really good way. You know that you know those guys on Betfair Trading Community Forum, right? Not just me and Ryan and Adam, but other people as well. You know those guys that you follow that you really like? The absolute legends. You know, the guys that are doing everything on there to help others for absolutely nothing. <laughs> right? Those legends, those people you follow, those people you love. See what their selections are that day. Now, if their selections, some of them, match up with yours and they're trading similar kind of thing, if they're going for goals or whatever, you can go, hang on, he's a good trader. He's got a similar selection there. Maybe I'll trade this selection then and bin off the ones that haven't popped up anywhere else. Okay, that's that's the third way I, I'll tell you of doing it. Compare with others. I always used to really like it when... I could speak to a mate or something like that 
and go, right, this is what I'm thinking today. What do you think? And just get a second opinion. And if they said, yeah, that's great, full speed ahead, I'll trade it. If they say, it's not for me, that one, then I'll have another look. I wouldn't necessarily discard it. It's that, is, that step is entirely up to you. But what I would do is I would give it another look and try and say, okay, and listen to their ask, an argument and understanding of it and go, okay, what's the reason for this? Oh, it's, it's not very good value. Or, oh, well, I'm a little bit worried because will they be motivated to win? Remember, we're coming up to a time, actually, just a quick mention, where the summer leagues, not the summer leagues, the winter leagues are coming to the end. And that means that some of them won't be as motivated, some of the teams, you know. There's games now in the championship, because there's two games left, where a lot of teams have got literally nothing to play for, literally. So I think Reading, because I was looking at Norwich's fixtures and I was looking, I was like, we need one more win to win the league. So I was like, okay, Reading have got nothing to nothing to play for now they can't make the playoffs so i fancy that hopefully that's the one we can go and win and win the title right um but barnsley who we're playing have got something to lose although they're in the playoffs now but i mean i'm not sure it actually matters when you jostle for position within the playoffs because uh, we know who's going up automatically now we know who's in the playoffs but I think teams kind of think it does matter whether you're third, fourth, fifth or sixth, just for the seeding of it. I guess if you're third, it's good because you'll play the team who's sixth and it should be a, effectively a slightly easier first round for you. Um, but you've got to play the winner of the fourth and fifth game anyway. So I don't know if that actually stacks up. And I know that I think the myth's kind of been, well, it wasn't a myth, but the the idea that the third place team doesn't ever go up has kind of changed a lot in recent years, I believe. Um, I think Norwich have done it uh, at once themselves in recent years. So I know it has happened, but I know there was a while where the third team just never went up in the playoffs. And uh, there's a bit of a worry. So I'm not sure how much those seedings really matter. But like I say, look for teams that have got something to play for. If the team hasn't got something to play for in the match, Give it a second thought. I'm not saying you don't trade it. I'm just saying maybe you watch the game a bit more closely before you enter. Maybe just make sure the team's motivated and looks up for it. Um, because this stuff matters. We use so much data from the season that if a team is playing a different way, we need to know because that actually affects our decision whether to enter the trade. And again, it's a good way of narrowing your trades. If you just concentrate on games where it matters to the teams, you can narrow your list on a weekend for the next few weeks. Um, so anyway, there's a, there's a few ways, guys. I've given you a few ways there. And so hopefully you can follow those and that will help you narrow your list down. I think it's really important because I think a lot of traders get very overwhelmed early on in their trading. And there isn't really a reason to be because there's so many different ways you can narrow that list and make it easy on yourself. If you've got any questions, if you ever need any help on trading, just talk to us. Um, I talked to a guy the other day and again, I know I say this a lot and I'm so grateful for all the feedback and all the kind words people give, you know, it, it really is nice. And I spoke to a guy the other day and uh, he said, oh, I've got this question, but, um, you know, I'll ask someone else. And I said, I said, why, why do you want to ask someone else? And he said, well, you won't answer, will you? Because I'm not a member. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a member or not. I'm still going to, I'm still going to help you. I'm still going to talk to you. And uh, it made me laugh. He was like, oh, I'm so surprised that you would help someone who wasn't a member when you're when you you know you've got a software that you sell you know you've got a football 
you got a successful football statistics software business. And I said, it doesn't matter. We're here to help. That's what we're here for. Me, Ryan and Adam, um, you know, that's what we're here for. And so we will help you. If you need any help with anything, just get in touch. Info at betfairtradingcommunity.com. If you're on the forum, obviously it's the easiest way to do it because you've got the private coaching and it's great just having that kind of individual thread we can work on together. Um, you can see all the other comments from me and Ryan and yourself. It's only between us as well. The other members don't see it. And the great thing is that um, it's just absolutely fantastic to to look back through the thread and see how someone was straight and then see their improvement. Um, it's quite funny, really, because one of our members the other day said, uh, I think it was during the international break, they were like, oh, it's a little bit quiet on here at, at the moment when, if I don't talk. And uh, I thought, I think I said back, well, I've got 15, I've got 15 updates and notifications. I don't think people realise how many people use the private coaching uh section of our site and uh you know we're always busy working away with uh, traders and improving their trading one-to-one and uh yeah i really enjoy doing that there's there's a real satisfaction and and i think that's what people have to remember with betfairtradingcommunity.com we're not we didn't come out of a place of we're trying to make serious money here we came out of a place of we've got a job and a career in professional trading and we know how lucky we are but there is something great about being able to help other traders because I had friends. I had friends who struggled with this stuff and struggled with trade. And I think, God, if I, if, if I could go back in time, I could really help them now. Now that I'm a pro trader and I know what I'm doing. You know, I saw friends struggle and lose money on trading. I think, oh, man, I could have really saved you that that issue and saved you that effort um, looking back on it now. So it's it's so good to give back. And it can be a lonely. The other thing people forget is how lonely a profession it can be. And if you're not part of a community like Betfair Trading Community, and we do work so hard to make sure it's a it's a great community to be a part of. And, you know, I know that the biggest thing new traders notice is that we just have a totally different atmosphere to other places. You know, we don't tolerate trolls or any of that nonsense. You know, if you're a troll, don't bother don't sign up because you a you won't last and b i mean ryan's actually a bit stricter than me on this but uh he will literally just get rid of you <laughs> if you troll any of our members or you're horrible to any one of our members you're gone mate i've got no time we've got no interest in you whatsoever again we don't need people through the door we have to limit membership as it is you know, we don't need to rush people through the door. And uh, yeah, if, if you've got trolling tendencies, don't bother. Uh, you know, don't bother. Although, you know, still feel free to email. Um, it does make me laugh sometimes if you do get... We don't get them so much anymore, you know. I kind of miss them. So if you do want to send me some trolling email, I would quite laugh. Um, you know, I, I, had, I had one the other day. Oh, I can't remember what it said now. Oh, it's a shame because it they make me laugh quite a lot. They do they do quite entertain me because I do sometimes wonder why people get so upset, um, who who don't know me at all. Often, weirdly, it's not members either. It's not ex members or anything. You know, it, it it tends to just be people who've never been members. Um, you know, sometimes on you it's weird on YouTube. Sometimes you get people who claim they've been a member, and you look you look them up and to, and you realise they've never been a member. You never spoke to them before in your life. Um, I wonder if they're just from some kind of rival service sent there, but um, it just makes me laugh anyway. And uh, I probably shouldn't speculate on those things, but just give you a little 
insight into the background. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, we just get overwhelming praise from you guys and we really we really appreciate it because it kind of surprises me sometimes like I say I'm surprised like we don't get you know more hassle than we do but I think it's a good sign and it shows that we're doing the right thing and and actually when we do get hassle all it really leads us to do is improve our service we go okay how can we improve even further and make sure that even more people are happy um but anyway we just love you all guys we love you being part of the community like I say, it's a lonely profession, so it's great to have a community to talk to. You know, it's important, even for me. You know, it helps me to be a better trader, to work alongside other traders. You know, it's networking, isn't it? It's um, it's what everyone does in every other business. And so it just makes common sense to be part of a great community like this. And it's only great because of you guys. You know, I might help facilitate the group, but the reality is it's only great because of you guys. So thanks for that. Um, and before I get too mushy, I'm going to turn off and you can speak to me again on the podcast next week. Uh, all the best, guys, and I hope you have a great week.